All right, so we are back, JD. How are you today? All good, man. Yeah. Rainy day in LA. What have you been into, man? Man, I had to shoot back to um, Detroit for a day, take care of some family business, and I'm back in LA, man. Did uh, Detroit treat you well? Yeah, it's pretty cold, so I, I wasn't too sad about coming right back with all the snow on the ground, but it was good to stop home for a second. Someday we're going to Detroit together. Man, we're going to have a ball. I want you to show me show me the city. Well, today we have a really, really good episode. Today, uh, we have none other than Allie Bonner. Allie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Uh, where are you located, Allie? Um, so I'm down in San Diego. I actually was up in uh, like the Bay Area for about seven years. Um, I went to school up there, but I, I grew up in San Diego, so I'm back home, um, which feels like it's so different to, to live back where you grew up um, as an adult. I don't know. I just It's kind of fun, actually, because it's like, you know, when I was growing up, I never went out to like any of the cool like bars or anything. And so it's kind of like a, a, a nice homecoming. I don't know. <laughs> well, as a, as a successful entrepreneur in San Diego, you must, you're, you own the town now. I do. I, I guess so. <laughs> you do. You do. You're, you're, you're. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what school did you go to in the Bay, Allie? Um, I went to UC Berkeley. Oh wow, that's um, I love that campus. A good friend of mine used to live in the hills up in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, you know where the Claremont Hotel is? Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that place is insane. Actually, my graduation present for my parents was a like a full spa day at the Claremont so So every (laughs) time I used to every time I used to visit that's usually where I would stay and he would stay probably two two to three minutes up up in those hills so I'm familiar with the area very well yeah yeah I miss it I mean it's nice being back down in San Diego I feel like life down here and probably you know LA for you guys too it's like life is a little bit just easier than than San Francisco because like you know, I go to the grocery store and it's like, oh, there's a parking spot right there. Um, but like, there's something special about about the Bay Area, just like kind of like an electricity about the city. I don't know how to really explain it. Absolutely. Fortunately, I think um, a lot of people that are listening in are going to relate to us because a lot of Ben's friends tune in from up in that area, right, Ben? Yeah, we have a we have a, a large Silicon Valley audience, so. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, you're definitely going to be heard up and down from all of the uh, the Google and Facebook and Apple employees of the world. So, 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 Ali, why don't why don't you tell our audience a little bit about Queen? Is do I say Queen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How, about Queen and Company. Yeah. So, um, so I, I guess you know, going back to kind of my background. Um, so I studied nutrition at UC Berkeley. Um, which is kind of where my interest in food, I mean, I've always been obsessed with, with food and nutrition and everything. Um, but that's kind of really where my interest like took hold. Um, and then kind of like everyone else in the Bay area, I went into tech. Um, so didn't really follow my, my nutrition background at all. Um, went into tech and worked for a health tech company, um, called Doximity. They were kind of like, um, or they are like LinkedIn for, for clinicians. Um, and so kind of, you know, remained in the health industry and, um, in like a tech capacity for about three years. And I was in like a product uh, marketing role. And really, I mean, I loved working in tech, like as cliche as it is, like, I mean, there's really fun perks and 
Um, it's just, you know, su- such a fast paced industry and it was, I had a really good time, but, um, still kind of just like had this burning inside of me to, to kind of start my own thing. And, um, so going back to when I studied nutrition at Berkeley, um, I actually had developed an eating disorder while I was there. Um, and just, you know, due to, it was almost like information overload. I, I knew like too much about nutrition. So, you know, every time I would want to go out with girlfriends and, and order, you know, say it's like I, my body was craving tacos, like my brain knew how bad it was for me. <laughs> and so it was almost this like, you know, kind of battle in my mind of like, you know, what I wanted, but then not allowing myself to have it. So that produced a ton of kind of like food anxiety and, and food fear really. Um, that's so much to, to deal with, uh, at, at that moment in time as, as well. Right. Yeah. And it, it was, it's kind of one of those things too. I think anyone who has issues with food, um, you know, and I talk about this a lot, but a lot of women, it's not like the stereotypical, you know, anorexic where you look at someone and you're like, Oh, she's, you know, 70 pounds, super frail. Like a lot of people have these kind of deep rooted issues with food, but on the outside, like I looked super normal, you know, I was going out, I was in college. I, you know, was working out still. Like I looked like just healthy and I guess like athletic. Um, but mentally it was just so draining and, and it really was just like the, it took up so much headspace, which is kind of like, I think was the worst part of it. Um, and so I, I started kind of on this intuitive eating journey, like back to tuning back into kind of what my body wanted and, and self-love and body positivity. Um, and so I started documenting that on Instagram with my, my Instagram handle, it's called Avo Queen. <laughs> and the only reason I picked that name was just, I loved avocados and like, I don't know, it was kind of when like everyone was, was saying like, yes, queen. And I, I, there's like not really a good reason for it. I, just, I was like, okay, I'm going to be like the Avo Queen. And, um, so kind of, you know, started and found this awesome community on Instagram. And, and your Instagram, by the way, for our audience is really, really good. So they, people definitely need to check this out. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's <laughs> A-V-O-K-W-E-E-N. Um, yeah. Anyways, just had to, had to get that in there. Yeah. Shameless plug. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And so I, I found this awesome community of, you know, mostly women, but also men on there of, of just people who kind of, you know, loved healthy eating, but in a, a really nourishing way, I think like social media can be used in so many different ways. And, and I was lucky enough to kind of find this really positive space where people, you know, created these healthy recipes, but it wasn't like deprivation or restriction or, you know, I think you can kind of get into like an unhealthy place, especially on social media with like fitness and and dieting. Um, and so that helped me really to kind of start to heal my relationship with food. And so when I started to incorporate a lot of like nuts and nut butters back into my diet, um, that was something I had restricted for a really long time. And, and so I started to kind of add those back in and just notice like digestively and, and just, I felt pretty like weighed down and, and taxed. And so I was kind of looking for like a healthy spread. Um, I was really inspired by that Trader Joe's cookie butter, actually, that like isn't healthy for you at all, but tastes really good. That that stuff is outrageous. I know it's like crack. And so I was kind of, I was inspired like taste wise by that. And then, you know, just looking around for any nut free spread options that still had those like good, healthy fats. Um, and I just, I couldn't find anything. There was, you know, the seed, like sunflower seed butter, but those were kind of bitter. And so I started like playing around in the kitchen and just, it like dawned on me one day. I was like, 
granola butter. Like there's like nut butter, there's, you know, this cookie butter, like why is there not granola butter? Um, and then really kind of, you know, leaned into kind of the nut free, um, allergen friendly space and, and come to find out there's a really big market there actually, cause all the schools are, are nut free now. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of how, you know, granola butter was born. And so, um, I just Googled it on my phone, you know, nothing came up and my boyfriend actually of about five years, um, him and I just kind of sat on the idea and didn't think we were going to like launch a company or anything right away. And then we just, the more we talked about it, like he comes from a tech consulting background and he worked at Accenture and, and so he really has a lot of experience on the, on more like the technical side, back end of things. And I'm obviously more like creative and, and the social and marketing side of things. And so we realized, wow, we would actually be like great business partners, which is kind of a dangerous thing for someone, you know, your significant other to like go into business with them. But, um, and we can talk about that later, <laughs> but, um, that's been an interesting transition. Um, but yeah. And so we, we launched in March of 2018 um, and haven't looked back since I'm, you know, we're both full time and, um, it's been super exciting. Congratulations. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's so many people talk about it, but only a few people would have the courage to do something like this. Um, Ali, Ali, before we deep dive into, um, Queen and Co, I had no idea you had a tech, tech background. Um, Ben, have you ever heard of what, what is it called? Ali Docspedia? Yeah, Doximity. Doximity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they've been around, um, I think, about probably seven years now. So um, our CEO, Jeff Tangney, he co-founded Hippocrates, um, which is kind of like WebMD. Um, that was his first company. So this was his second company. And, yeah, it's an awesome – they're still private, um, but an awesome company to work for, which is kind of the reason why, um, and we can talk about like side hustles and stuff too, but I, I really launched queen while I was still working full time at Doximity and, um, and, you know, didn't want to leave because I actually like really enjoyed what I was doing full time, but then kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm like, it's too much to do, you know, both of these things. And so I had to, to choose one, but, um, but yeah, so I, I do come from the Silicon Valley <laughs> background as well. Ali, Ali, tell us, walk our audience through your thought process when you were sitting there with your boy, it was boyfriend, right? At the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. With your boyfriend, how do you guys go about pulling something like this off? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say for anyone thinking about doing anything, you know, whether it's in food or tech or anything, I think the most daunting step is really when you have an idea and you have a million reasons why you shouldn't do it, right? Like you start to really talk yourself out of it. Um, you think about all the reasons why it's like a dumb idea or, you know, it hasn't, if it hasn't been done before, you, you start to say, oh, there's probably a reason why it hasn't been done before. Um, or if it has, you know, then you're like, well, someone's already done it. So I think just pulling the trigger was honestly like the hardest step for us. And, and I think having a co-founder is really important. Um, there's tons. I have a lot of friends that are solo founders and I, you know, props to them, but like I personally really needed that support of, um, Eric and there's actually three, three of us co-founders and, um, just to kind of, it's almost like you need that momentum from, from the other people because you really can, even if you're super confident, I think it's tough, you know, you can self doubt and everything starts to creep in when you're just starting out. 
Um, so for us, I mean, launching really looked, it was, we wanted to mimic like the lean startup. Um, you know, we kind of went back to our tech roots and, and we just felt like a, an MVP out there and, and really kind of like put that, um, that bare bones product out before even really thinking about, um, how, how did you do that? So we actually launched, um, pre-sales. So we kind of leveraged, um, Avo Queen to, you know, just get the word out and, and let people know kind of what we were doing. Um, so rather than kind of like building this huge launch strategy, we just decided to like put our product out there. Um, so we put out pre-sales and we let them run for like a month. Um, and so like our response with that was good. I think we sold like 150 units. So when, when you sell 150 units, like what goes through your head? Like, how did you evaluate that? So for us, I mean, that, that was that was good, but it wasn't like over the top. Um, I think we kind of expected it to be, especially with a product like ours, it's, it's so new and um, there's like a ton of, you know, consumer education that needs to go into it. And so um, we kind of expected it would just be like our friends and family supporting us. <laughs> um, and so we didn't have, we didn't even really know how to measure like what is successful, what is not. Um, but something that I think was was really great about doing the pre-sales was we originally launched our collagen SKU, which is like, um, so we have, you know, the original without collagen, which is vegan. And then once you add in the collagen protein, that like bumps up the collagen a little bit, but it, it makes it not vegan because collagen comes from an animal source. Um, so we, ours is grass-fed um, bovine collagen from cows. And, um, and so we actually only launched the collagen flavor because, you know, our product's nut free. And so we thought, Oh, you know, once you remove the nuts, you lose a little bit of protein. And I mean, Americans just love protein. So we love the protein. (laughs) We just love the, the, the gains, you know? Um, and so like after we launched that in presale, you know, we got a ton of feedback from all of our vegetarian and like vegan um, consumers that were just like, what the heck? Like, I really want to try your product, but you know, you guys don't have a vegan option. And so that was kind of cool. I mean, it was more just like, it wasn't really the number of units sold that that was important to us. It was kind of just the immediate customer feedback because we had done some private um, testing just with, you know, actually with some of the, my coworkers at Doximity, I, I came into work and told them um, that this company had sent me, and I brought in these like unlabeled jars and I was like, this company sent me some of their new product to try and like get some, you know, customer feedback. And so I didn't tell them that it was my product. Um, I just kind of told them that like, this was just some random company. And I was like, be brutally honest, like write down all your feedback. And so that was kind of like a nice way to get feedback without, I don't know. I feel like it's so biased when it's your friends and you're like, this is my product, you know? Um, so, yeah, so I would say, so for like pre-sales, I mean, we let those run for about a month and then, you know, as more, more people kind of heard about it and, um, I had connections with like other influencers that helped like really get the word out. And then, um, you know, we, our sales begin to tick upward. When, when was the moment when you were like, wait a minute, maybe this is actually working. I would say, so are you guys familiar with pressed juicery? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. JD has a, uh, has a, has like a, uh, giant debt to them, I believe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we just launched as a topping on, on their freeze, um, about two weeks, two or three weeks ago. Um, 
so I guess the moment that I realized like, okay, there's something here was kind of, you know, receiving that validation with them. Um, so we had, I reached out to them like right when we launched, it was like, you know, a week after we launched. And I actually reached out with the intention of, um, seeing if they would cover us for their editorial magazine called the chalkboard mag. And so I like sent some, some jars over to their editor and, um, their CEO Hayden, you know, happened to walk by her desk and, and tried the granola butter and was like, okay, wait, what is this? Like this needs to go on our freeze immediately. So it was kind of just serendipitous. And, um, well, that's not, that's not serendipitous. That is you work. That is you working hard and having the guts to, to reach out. Yeah. Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think a theme on this Chance Bending podcast has been when people take initiative like that, great things happen absolutely. over and over and yeah. over again. It's just the dividing line between great entrepreneurs and people that just don't get there. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, something that that has like really stuck with me was, so my mom, she's um, based in San Diego too. She's a dentist. And she, I remember like growing up, she was just like, it wouldn't take no, almost like wouldn't take no for an answer, but more so like, always asked those, those kind of crazy out of the box questions where like when I was like an angsty teen and like, she would ask people like these kind of out of the box questions, I would get so embarrassed. But then like her whole opinion was like, Oh, all they can say is no. And like, I've really taken that to heart, like in a business sense, because it's like, you know, reaching out to like press juicery or, or some of these like companies where you're like, they're so big, like they're not going to give a shit about us, you know? Like if you kind of talk yourself out of it, then like obviously nothing's going to happen. But I think like, you know, something that we've really found to be successful and maybe it's because we don't know enough and like being naive actually has kind of helped us a little bit is just like asking the unreasonable and like sending samples to all these big companies and kind of just like seeing what happens. Yeah. And to be clear, you've probably sent some out and it hasn't worked. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like for every, you know, and that's kind of what I want to talk about too, is like with social media, like you only see, it's a highlight reel, right? So like you only see the, especially with businesses, they're only posting about their wins. And, and I think something I really want to do in, in 2019 is share more of like our losses on social media. So, um, I mean, yeah, for like every press juicery, like there was a hundred no's that we got of like all these companies that we reached out to. So. Great. So, so you're sitting there, you score this partnership, then what happens? So that was pretty crazy. Um, so they reached back out to us, their head of, of research and development, um, reached out about end of March and then from March until, you know, two or three weeks ago when we launched, like it took that long to get into stores. So, you know, coming from like the tech background, I was so used to things happening like that just overnight and, you know, it's a whole different volume in food. Um, and so especially with us, like we were a brand new company and, and we were, we had a commercial kitchen, but we were, you know, producing everything ourselves. And so really being able to scale up to the velocity, um, that they needed for, cause we rolled out nationwide with them. Wow. That is a giant deal. Yeah. It was nuts. It was like, well, nuts. it was crazy. Yeah. yeah it was, nuts. it was not free. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, I mean, which was super exciting. But then after the initial, like, you know, you get that, that initial purchase order. And I remember standing in my kitchen and just like, 
just, I know I can pass on here, but I was like, holy shit. Like I like almost dropped my phone <laughs> and, and it's like excitement, but then you're like, okay, wait, but now we actually have to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I'll tell you like a quick, like funny story. Well, it's funny now, but at the time it wasn't, but, um, so we ordered this like $15,000 machine that was basically going to help us. Cause you know, we were just like hand blending everything. Um, in these like commercial Vitamixes. So it was like very inefficient. Um, and so like we got this, you know, huge machine that was supposed to like 10 X our production speed. Um, and the machine comes and like, it's, you know, going to take us, we figured out it's going to take us probably a couple days to like nail out this like pressed order. And of course the machine comes and it doesn't work. And so we're like, Oh my God, we had no backup plan. And like, we had to get, this is like around Thanksgiving time. And so basically long story short, my whole family, you know, came in to help us in the kitchen and and we got the order out at like 3am or something, but we had to do everything by hand. And so that, you know, through those experiences, we're like, we've learned like definitely have a backup plan, but um, yeah, it's just like, that's what you don't really see on social media. So I'm trying to show like more of that. So uh, let me get this right. The production process is happening in your kitchen. Well, we have a commercial kitchen. Okay, um, okay. Not like my house. Yeah, not my house kitchen. That would be that would be nuts. Right, right, right. <laughs> Did it initially start in the house though when you were experimenting? Um, yeah, when we were experimenting, like before we made any pro- or before we sold any product, like I was just doing stuff in my kitchen. Um, but our third co-founder Ari, um, he actually comes from like the fine dining. He worked at Nomad in New York and some other, you know, Michelin star restaurants. Um, so he's like got the whole, like, you know, culinary side of things pretty, pretty on lock. And so, um, yeah, we found like a, a commercial kitchen space that we were able to, we still use today. Um, we're kind of outgrowing it at this point, but, um, yeah, we, I mean, once we started selling product, like we had to just move out cause, um, you can sell stuff like out of your home kitchen, but it's, there's so many, you know, regulations and stuff like you basically can't do anything. Like you can't cook like anything personal, um, if you're going to be using that kitchen and stuff. So we were like, that's just too complicated. Um, that's, we knew we were going to scale. So we, we decided to, to go elsewhere, but. Yali, I, something you said earlier really stuck with me. I think you're a hundred percent right. Cause I believe in the same thing. And when you said you believe in having a co-founder, um, and in your case, you, you, it's three of you guys. And um, the way my mind works, Ben knows I'm, I'm into team building. I'm into teamwork. And um, I really like the dynamic of what you said. You know, your boyfriend has tech background. He sounds like he's more on the CFO side. Sounds like you're mm-hmm. leading up marketing. And then you have a culinary expert. So I appreciate, you know, that thought because I think that gets lost a lot of times with doing a business. It's okay to partner. It's okay to, you know, put the right pieces together. So sounds like you guys definitely have a good thing going on with that trio. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people too, I mean, it's so easy when it's like, you know, your own product, your company, it's, it's hard to kind of let go and, and delegate. Um, but we found like, we finally brought in, um, she contracts for us out of New Orleans, but she was the head of R&D at Momofuku Milk Bar. Um, and so she she's awesome. What like, a score. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she, she knows Ari just from culinary school. And um, so she helps us, um, you know, with kind of like just bigger overarching decisions and stuff. But But knowing, yeah, exactly that, like knowing where your weaknesses lie and knowing like who can kind of fill in those gaps. Um, I mean, we've done a ton on our own. Like I do a lot of our PR and, 
And like Eric has designed all of our labels. So we saved a lot of money that way, like not working with a design agency, but then certain areas it's like, okay, you know, if you need like, like a legal team, like you definitely don't try to do that yourself, you know? So, so it sounds like all of the pieces have come together. You have the right team. You got the product out there ahead of time. You pre-sold it, which it's like our favorite topic. You just get it out there, lean startup style. Things start happening. You score a big partnership. Somehow you're able to scale to fulfill. And then like describe to us like what's the scene? What's the scene now? Like what's it look like for you guys? What are you guys tackling here in 2019? Yeah. So right now, I mean, initially when we launched, we were pretty much hundred percent D2C, like all, you know, launched on Instagram, all e-commerce. Um, and that was really exciting for us, but it's super volatile. Like it's just, you know, we launched a new, like we launched our pumpkin spice flavor for fall and like people went like ape shit over that because, you know, people love pumpkin spice <laughs> and, but then it's like, it would spike up and then it would drop. So we kind of realized, okay, you know, I still don't think food is at the place where everything's going to be online e-commerce yet. Like I think a lot of, you know, there's still retail plays a huge role. Food service, obviously with press can play a huge role for us. And so now um, the end of 2018 and kind of going into this next year, like we're really leaning into more of our retail and food service accounts. Um, so like we just got, you know, we're in all locations at Erewhon um, and Williams-Sonoma and, and starting to do, you know, a lot more retail wise, which just kind of helps like even out our sales and, and gives us those like bigger boulders in terms of, you know, um, more like studying out our, our sales and everything like that. Um, so for 2019, I mean, we're launching our chocolate flavor on Thursday. Um, so it's kind of like all hands on deck <laughs> until yes. then. And then, um, we're going to be doing the single serving like squeeze packets, um, next month in March. Um, so yeah, so those will be great. Just kind of like those, like little Justin's nut butter packets. Um, just because I think, I mean, our price point right now, especially since we're a new brand, like I think my biggest issue with, with wellness is that it's like not accessible for everyone. And, and so it's like, obviously our price point is a little bit out of reach for people who, you know, may not be like in a Silicon you know, Valley area or like LA or San Diego. And so I think coming out with the squeeze packets, I'm super excited about because like we always get DMS from people who are like, Oh, do you have any samples or, you know, can I try it? Cause I think with the new product, it's hard to really commit to a full jar. Um, and so being able to kind of offer that and add up more of a, you know, a lower price point for like college students or, or something, I'm really excited about that. So that's more of a single serving. The, the squeeze packet. Yeah, the little single serving squeeze packets. Wow. And and how long, Ellie, I forgot to ask you, how long have you have you been able to to step away from your job? Like how long has it been? I left in September, I think. And and how did you know? Like what what was the moment there when you said, All right, now I can do this? I mean, I think it really was with the pressed order, like that kind of needed all my attention. Um, and then we had a couple other, um, big wholesale accounts happen. Um, and it just, I think it was just time I had, I had asked my boss if I could, um, move down to San Diego to, and work remotely down here. Cause I kind of felt like, you know, maybe that would be a little bit of a baby step. And, um, and they actually came back to me and, and our company's mostly, you know, a lot of our workers are remote, especially like the engineers and stuff. And, and they came back to me and actually, 
said no because um, I was, you know, marketing and they kind of wanted me in the office. And so I actually like took it as a sign. I was like, you know what? Like, I think now is my time to leave (laughs) Um, because it just, it was like, it was too much. And so it wasn't really like one breaking point. I think it was just kind of realizing that um, it was like a a slow progression that things are only going to get more busy. And, um, and, you know, I wanted to give my business like my full attention. And so, um, yeah, it was just kind of, it worked out that way, but. That makes sense. And, and for you, like what, has there been a lesson from the marketing that you've been doing? Is there, is there something that's worked really well that our audience might, might be into? Yeah. So, I mean, everyone always talks about influencer marketing, um, but that has been really awesome for us. We're like, so I mean, for the first almost full year of our business, we hadn't done any paid marketing. Um, and so like, you know, no Facebook ads or anything like that. Um, we had just relied pretty much on influencer marketing, PR, word of mouth, um, and that had worked out really well for us. So we're just starting to um, experiment with, we're now on Amazon Prime. So we're starting to experiment with like some Amazon ads. Um, so we're going to start to run those. And then obviously some um, some Facebook ads. So something that we've been doing, which is kind of like a life hack, um, especially for your listeners who probably have a lot of friends that work at Facebook is um, Facebook employees get in ad credit a month. So we just pulled like all of our friends that work at Facebook (laughs) and we like used their ad credit to run our ads. So we didn't have to spend money. on That is so sneaky. I love that. Um, I love that. That is, that is, I have not heard that before. And as a former Google employee, I can say they, they get the same thing. Like that's unbelievable. That's a really good one. That's a great one. Yes. I don't know if that's like, if I should be, I don't know, spreading that, but, <laughs> um, but that's something that we've been just kind of testing. Um, how did you guys do the, how did you guys do the influencer marketing? Like how did, how did you think about it or how did you get into it or did you use a certain tool? So we, um, I think, I mean, you know, me having my own personal, um, I guess I hate the term influencer, but like me almost like starting as an influencer myself, like that actually kind of helped a lot just because I was able to leverage my connections, you know? And so it was, it was more so like me approaching these influencers as a friend, um, rather than just like another brand kind of offering, uh, you know, to send them products. Cause as someone who is kind of has been on the other side and I knew like what I liked and didn't like about when brands would come to me and approach me with free product. And, um, and you just kind of, you know, you get to a point where like you start to feel a little bit like you're just a platform and, um, and, you know, it's really flattering. Obviously it's, it, it's really cool to, to be able to be sent like free product and everything, but a lot of times brands will, they expect a lot out of, out of you. And, um, and so I just knew like what I didn't really like and I kind of did that. So, you know, from the brand side, when I was approaching influencers, I, I never really tried to control the message. Um, you know, I just reached out to them, said, Hey, like we're going to be launching this product. Would you, you know, be interested in trying some and then just like let them share organically from there. I think kind of one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of brands make is like trying too hard to control the message. And it just, it comes off really, um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard for the influencer to, use their creative voice and obviously like they want it to, to be natural and resonate with their audience. And so I think it's just kind of obvious when brands try too hard to like control the message and then it just feels like fake or, you know, like an ad. Yeah, totally. And, and has it, how is, how is your, 
uh, branding gone with the product? Ha- has that been in a, a sort of an evolution for you? Yeah. So branding, um, I mean, branding has always kind of been like my bread and butter. Um, I love just, you know, like anything from like design to, um, to, you know, different like quotes and, and different themes on our website. Um, I think for us, you know, our main mission and our theme with queen is, um, that nourishing your body and living your best life don't have to be mutually exclusive. So like a lot of these companies will, you know, come out with a product and, and really hammer hard, like all of these nutritional benefits and, and why someone should, you know, if it's collagen, then they just like tout all of the, all of the health benefits. And, um, they kind of skip over, like, you know, food is supposed to taste good and like, and we eat be like, because things are pleasurable, you know? And so I think kind of getting back to that and like people get so bogged down, which going back to my, you know, past experience with my eating disorder, like I was so bogged down in the weeds of like the nutrients and and everything and, and eating became super stressful. And so kind of like getting back to almost like how the Europeans eat of like, they slow down, you know, they enjoy every bite. They're not like doing a million things at once while they're eating. And so um, with queen, we're trying to kind of remind people that like food is meant to be enjoyed and, and, you know, it's supposed to be pleasurable and like a really great experience. And then, you know, but that also can go hand in hand with nourishing your body. And so that's why, you know, our, our product is like packed with really good ingredients that make you feel good. Well, Ali, I can tell you one thing you mentioned, um, trying to get into retail and you mentioned, uh, paying attention to margins and trying to drive them up through that. I'd just like to let you know that I'm a very small, small piece of it because I do notice weekly every time my girlfriend um, goes grocery shopping, it's like three or four jars of, of really? the granola <laughs> butter in there. So, oh, that's I'm, awesome. I, I guess, I guess un, unbeknownst to me, I'm a supporter of it. <laughs> that's so cool. Obviously, she's the, she's the reason this podcast ha- happening, and she said you guys met, and she's a big fan of it, so. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I'm so Absolutely. glad to hear it. Yes. So la- last question for you. Uh, what's okay. what's 2019 look like for you guys? How are you going to blow up? Like, how do you take it to the next giant level? So for us, um, I mean, the food industry is a freaking beast. Um, so we are going to be exhibiting at Expo West next month. We're super excited about that. Um, if you're not familiar, it's the biggest food show in the country. Um and so we were lucky enough to get, um, you know, a booth there. And so definitely, I mean, it's expensive to exhibit there, but we're kind of hoping that, it, you know, the return is there. And um, so really trying to get in, you know, with all of these major retailers. Um, so we're in talks with Whole Foods and Albertsons and, you know, some of these kind of bigger players in the in the food space. So I think it's been really fun to just start with like the independent natural stores. And those are you know, a lot easier to work with and and cheaper to work with. But I think in order to make the impact that we want to have and we want to grow and and scale quickly, um, we're going to have to get into more of like a national distribution. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, 2019 is going to be more getting into those mainstream everyday um, retail accounts and then just kind of expanding our food service as well. I think, you know, Pressed was an awesome intro, but there's just so much more that we can explore, whether it be, you know, big ice cream stores and ice cream brands or, you know, acai cafes as a topping on there because we're nut free. So, um, yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. <laughs> so so where where do, does our audience get their hands on a, a jar 
right now. Like that, I I can feel the the, the saliva just <laughs> dripping right now. Where where do where do they go? So you could do. I mean, our website is is queen.co or we're on Amazon. You know, Amazon Prime, um, and then a bunch of retail locations um, across the country. So. Um, yeah, you can just go on our site and we have like a map of, of where we're listed. Can you spell that? Cause I know it's got a funky spelling, right? Yeah. It's K W E E N dot C O. So Ali, we have, we have to get together next time, but next time it has to be in person. We have to do a live yes. demo on video <laughs> and so that people can see this and Jordan and I can eat this. <laughs> yes. And Deal? send me your address cause I want to, I want to send you guys some. Uh, you are the best. Uh, I was hoping maybe that might happen. I have to, <laughs> I have to. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm so impressed. You know, this this company, like, uh, ever since Jordan mentioned it to me, I've been, like, sort of tracking you guys. I'm so impressed with everything you're doing and to see your growth and just to see that you you're – to me, you're doing everything right. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything is working the way it's supposed to be working. And I know that yeah. it might not feel that way behind the scenes. However, from from – you know, an old guy in this industry, I can say I can just see all the right stuff happening. So congratulations. No, thank you so much. Because it really, I think, you know, a lot of, I guess, entrepreneurs, but people who start their own thing can relate. It's like every day feels like the Sunday scaries. And so from like an outsider's perspective to say that it like, it re really does, you know, mean a lot. So thank you so much. Because definitely every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, like, am I doing the right, you know, am I doing the right thing? Like what's going on? So Keep going, wow. keep going. This yeah, is great. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I know. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for thank having me. Thank you, Allie. Awesome. All right, all right. Until next time. Appreciate it, Allie.